What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Chaz Pearson, and the Outlet Forum Podcast, and my esteemed co-host, Chris Camello. What's good, Chris? What's up, Chaz? What's up, Laker Nation? Feels good to be back. Absolutely. We got another great show for you guys this week. Is AD on the way, and can he really save this Laker team? Hmm. Is Frank Vogel, or has Frank Vogel, rather, lost the locker room and his voice? And we got your NBA news and notes from this great past week in the NBA. And we got two very special guests that we are going to bring on from one of our favorite shows, Hoops and Brews. But we got to start first with this Laker comeback that never was. Uh, (laughs) The Lakers lost 107 to 113 to the Miami Heat on the road on Sunday uh, after being down by as many as 28 points at one point in the third quarter, uh, stormed all the way back using their starting lineup and the small lineup of LeBron James at the five and were able to bring the Lakers within four points, but unfortunately turnovers and bad defense and the same mistakes that this Laker team has been making all season long has come back to bite them. Mm. And they fall 107 to 113 to a Miami heat team. That is now the number one seed in the Eastern conference and actually rolling Jimmy Butler had a triple-double with 20 points, 12 rebounds, and 10 assists. Uh, he played great. Obviously, Duncan Robinson played great. And the Lakers just didn't have an answer on the defensive end. And unfortunately, this is just the same thing, the same conversation that we keep having week after week, game after game. Lakers win one, lose one, win one, lose one. And that is why they are 23-24, and 24, back down below the 500 mark, have – a road record of only eight and 12 hmm. doesn't sound like much of a championship team to me, but at this point as a Laker fan and as a Laker apologist, you got to take the good with the bad. Uh, I'm actually glad that there are a few positives on the horizon. Uh, AD is actually on the way. He's been upgraded to probable for Tuesday's game against the Brooklyn Nets. I actually predicted last week that he would come back in Brooklyn. So looks like I might be right there. But also, uh, AD is going to not only make his debut, hopefully, uh, on Tuesday, but it looks like he's been working on his shot uh, from what Sham Sharania and other reporters have had, uh, have had to report in the last week. Chris, talk to me about what you think about this Laker team and how Anthony Davis is going to come back. Can he actually rescue this team and make them far and above 500? Well, Chaz, before we get into the AD situation, Uh, as the Laker game and the heat game was going on one LA team was actually making their mark and putting together an amazing drive after what could have been an amazing, colossal, unbelievable collapse. So before, before we do that, I just got to say whose house Rams house, baby. We know, we know we are a Laker NBA podcast, but we also know the same people that are tuning in that are Laker fans. Gotta be Dodger fans. Gotta be Rams fans. So I would be remiss. Chaz would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge that, but uh, (laughs) it could have been a huge day uh, for, for Los Angeles sports to really leave a, a mark in the state of Florida. But in the end, Rams ended up with the win and the Lakers didn't Lakers. Yeah. They, <laughs> go ahead. What were you going to say? I just got to say really quick, man. Shout out to Matt Stafford. Shout <laughs> out to Cooper cup. Shout out to the, for, for the love of the game route that they called it where cup wasn't even supposed to get the ball. Um, 
and Matt Gay, the game winning kick and Matt Gay with the game winning kick. And I cannot wait, cannot wait for Bang Bang Niner Gay to come up in the SoFi and take this L because I believe it is the Rams time to go, not only go to the Super Bowl, but snap the six game losing streak against the San Francisco 49ers. So I couldn't Preach. be more excited. You hit, you hit the nail right on the head. Man. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. So I I'm sure as everybody was tuning in to the Laker game, they weren't too upset that they were down 20 in that first half because everyone was coming off an unbelievable wild finish uh, between the, the Bucks and, and the Rams. But as they were tuning in, to Lakers heat in the middle of the afternoon of, of I actually, the- I don't mean to cut you off. I actually forgot that we were playing. <laughs> I, I never forget Laker games. I, the game was over and I actually forgot we were playing. Poor, poor scheduling. What are you going to do? But it's ironic that two LA teams were playing two Florida teams on the road. Uh, so I thought that was pretty, pretty crazy, but yeah, it was a disappointing Laker loss. I mean, you go back Friday night. Uh, it was, it was a very dramatic week. Let's just, let's just go that from the last time you and I were together, uh, Chaz, we were talking about biggest win of the year against Utah jazz. And they rallied in the fourth quarter. Then they lay an egg in the second half against the lowly Indiana Pacers. Karis LeVert had a fourth quarter that Kobe Bryant would be proud of scoring 22 yeah. of his 30 points. The next day, everybody is crushing Frank Vogel, crushing Russell Westbrook. He gets benched. All of a sudden, it's like, is Vogel even going to make it on the road trip? Is he going to get fired before the, the Lakers uh, get into is he the going to get the Lane Kiffin treatment exactly. on the tarmac? I was going to say, is it going to be the, a tarmac firing Lane Kiffin style or a terminal firing? Either one is pretty bad. Uh, but anyway, Lakers ended up in Orlando. They, they had a, a so-so first half. Came out storming in the, in the in the third quarter. Avery Bradley got it rolling. LeBron got it rolling. Carmelo Anthony had a huge night. Disaster averted. Okay. You beat an eight win team. Yeah. Okay. Great. You beat an eight win team. Yeah. (laughs) Now you go into Miami and this was probably a game. Many thought Lakers were going to lose, but then again, Miami's down Kyle Lowry and they were coming off. I think a loss recently as well to like Minnesota or something. Uh, I, I I think they, they were just coming off of a loss. So I was saying, okay, maybe you could build on this, but once again, before the seats are warm, Chaz, Lakers are down 18, like they're down 29 to 14, then 47 to 29 by the fourth quarter, they're down 28 points. And we all thought it was, it was over. And then all of a sudden they start fighting back. LeBron and Westbrook did a good job leading the comeback. I thought Westbrook all in all had a pretty good game. 24 points, nine rebounds, nine assists, only three turnovers. Uh, The bench, the bench has been fantastic. By the way, Chaz go back Friday night, 51 points from the bench. Frank Vogel, if nothing else, he has figured out that bench rotation with Monk, Stanley Johnson, Reeves, uh, Carmelo Anthony. They, they've all really done a, a fantastic job. So He has, but there's one guy he hasn't figured out. I'll get to that. Though. Okay, well, let's, let's wait on that. So, anyways, it was a bad loss. It was a, it was a spirited comeback. You could even call it a random comeback. But just like what we saw a few weeks back against Memphis, the game was already done. Yeah, you made the final score look good, but I never got the sense the Lakers were going to take over that game. They just, they started to come back too late. You know, I mean, this is the problem when you give up and I saw your tweet, you give up 68 points in the first half, you give up 98 points early in the fourth quarter. What do you think is going to happen here? So Jimmy Butler, great game. Bam had a good game. Lakers had a spirited comeback. And that's where I think they haven't quit on Frank Vogel. So that is, and we're going to get to that a little bit later on, but um, 
the the aspect I was trying to point out is they gave a lot of heart and effort in the first two games of this road trip. And if you're quitting on a coach or if a coach has lost the team in the locker room, you don't see spirited comebacks like that. So that's all I wanted to just kind of keep into perspective. Doesn't mean he still can't get fired on this road trip or later in the season, but given how much they fought back, he hasn't really lost the team. All that being said, you got a, a, you split the first two games. You hopefully have AD coming back. We'll see how he looks uh, in the Brooklyn game on Tuesday night, but I wouldn't expect a miracle worker to, to happen. and certainly not happen right away. Okay. <laughs> lots, lot to unpack there. Let me get my, let me get my U-Haul box out. Cause I, I got to unpack some things that you just said there. Um, yeah, I'll give you a box cutter. That would be a box cutter as well. You're right. Uh, let me answer the question directly and say that AD can save this team. Uh, I believe that he has enough talent. And if he really has worked on his shot and he really has been watching this team and really been involved, like it looks like he's been on the bench and in the locker room and everything like that, he definitely can save this team in terms of getting it back to at least a top four seed, if not out of the plan. That's what I call saving this team. If you can get this team from above the seven seed to, uh, to a six seed or higher, that's, in my opinion, saving this team because that's going to avoid that one game playing or that two game playing, even worse if you're the nine or 10 seed. Mm -hmm. And with the Lakers being 23 and 24 oh, over halfway through the season, I mean, that, to me, that's saving the Lakers. Now, let's get to Frankie V. Um, Frank Vogelino. Let me say this. I've never called for his job, but as a Laker fan and as a Laker fan fanatic, right? Long story long. Um, I just think that it's inevitable that his job will be taken from him. He will lose his job if he continues to lose one, win one, right? When you're trying to come back, when the Lakers were coming back against the Miami Heat, there was a point in that game where if the Lakers were just going to trade baskets with the Miami Heat, they were just, they were just wasting their time at that point. They were going to have to play some defense and get some stops to even get back in that game, which mm -hmm. they did. Eventually, The yeah. Lakers are going to have to do that in a big, broad spectrum as well. You can't just win one and lose one, right? You're going to have to win a few in a row to get yourself out of the hole that you've been in. And if they're just going to go on this long road trip and play Brooklyn and play Philly and play Atlanta and play Charlotte and lose one, win one, Frank Vogel's job is going to be gone by the All-Star break. I can guarantee you guys guarantee you guys that because you you need to see progress and yes we are seeing progress with the bench yes we are seeing progress with the small lineups with ad being out and lebron being at the five right we're actually absolutely getting torched on on the glass right now that's been all that's been all season though yeah I, I i know but that's because ad has been out more than half the season at this right. point so in my opinion i just think that yes you're starting to find some good things but at the same time what you have not found is the rotation for the big man. You are very, very selective in when you want to start Dwight Howard and when you don't. It's very apparent in the games that you should start Dwight Howard. This Miami game was one of them. They should have started Dwight Howard and kept Dwight Howard in the starting lineup moving forward. I just think that not having the versatility and not having consistency for Dwight, for him to come in, even just to play the first four minutes, five minutes, six minutes, just to set the tone correctly mm -hmm. is something that Frank Vogel 
should be doing, but he's not. It's actually something that's been reported that Kurt Rambis has said that he wanted to do in the pregame meetings and what was reported last week um, and the two stories, right, that were pretty much going against each other. Conflicting, yeah. Job was in jeopardy and maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, whatever the case may be. For those of you that don't like to read articles, I'll tell you right here and right now, Frank Vogel's job is most definitely in jeopardy. And if he wins one, loses one and goes three and three on this road trip, I believe he will get the tarmac treatment like Lane Kiffin a la USC 10 years ago. Where you got, where you on a flight and you got to get home, but you got fired and you can't use the team charter and you got to find your own American Airlines, Southwest, Frontier, Spirit, whatever to get home. So I think yep. he's going to get that kind of treatment and he's got to figure it out. But at the end of the day, LeBron James did say something that was very, very telling in why the Lakers are playing the way that they are and the kind of groove that he's in. Listen up. I don't need to score 30 a night, but I'm in one of the best zones offensively I've been in in my career. And I don't plan on stopping it. Um, that's just how I feel. I feel fantastic. Shooting the ball extremely well uh, from the field. I didn't shoot the three ball well tonight, but all eight of them felt great. Shooting uh, efficient from the free throw line. I'm shooting efficient from the field. Um, very efficient at the rim. Um, so I don't go into the game saying, oh, you got to score 30 or you guys don't have a chance to win. I just play the game. And it's, the scoring has just been happening organically. So uh, workload, um, I don't even, I don't know. I was 18 years old saving a franchise. So I don't understand. So there you have it. The King himself talking about the groove that he's in, how it's coming organically. He's not going out chasing records. And, you know, there's going to be those people when he does break Kareem's record of all-time leading scorer that are going to say that he's stat padding and everything like that. But he's just in a good groove right now. He's averaging 29 points, eight rebounds, six assists, over 32 points. He's actually on pace to, to to win the scoring title if he keeps this up for sure who would win the scoring title in their 19th season would be absolutely impressive and yeah and and by the way he broke a record this past week becoming the only player i think to have 30 over thirty thousand points over ten thousand rebounds and over nine thousand so i mean just just an incredible run uh you know we talk about we saw what tom brady was still capable of doing at 43 years old over the weekend lebron james still at the top of his game still as well-rounded as ever He's, he's an improved three-point shooter. He's still one of the great playmaking wings that we have in the game. Still has the athleticism, the hops, and all, all of that. So it's really incredible. But um, as, as we move forward on, on all of this, it, it's, really, um, it's really hard to say whether or not Vogel deserves this treatment. And I found if you guys watch Inside the NBA like I do, Ernie, Kenny, Chuck, and Shaq, it is one of my favorite shows. It's one of the best shows on TV, sports or non-sports alike. And what Ch- what Chuck was saying was all of these guys want to say it's Vogel and, and Russell Westbrook. Uh, they got to look upstairs, basically. And this is what Chuck had to say on, uh, on this last Inside the NBA this past week. Listen up. I'm still mad. Now, listen, I'm not going to sit out like all these clowns on other networks got okay. their head up the Lakers' booties. Now, they're blaming Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook. Listen, the people up top who put that trash together are running and hiding like cowards, 
saying, oh, it's Frank, it's Russ. You put all them old geezers out there. Listen, the best guy other than LeBron in the last month has been who? Stanley Johnson. Yeah. And for y'all to be bringing a guy who was on the street and he becomes your second best player, and the, the general, whoever running that trash out there, getting away, uh, it's ridiculous, man. So there you have it. I mean, just in a nutshell, you have Chuck's just saying, man, all these guys, they want to they wanna be up the Lakers' butts and everything. They got them geezers. They got all that. Excuse, you know, that's, that's, that's my Chuck. Yeah, that's what you, Jay Farrell, with the impressions, my dog. That was pretty good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you like that, man. I've been doing. I've been doing Chuck for a long time. Uh, you know, Ken, Kenny. Kenny's a little bit harder to do. No, he was the problem. They didn't. They didn't have enough shooting. They didn't have enough defense. You're right. They got guys past their prime, but it's. It isn't just on Vogel or Russell Westbrook. Okay. Can I get? Can, can I, what, can what, I get what a Chuck guarantee from you? Can I get a Chuck guarantee? Guarantee. <laughs> My dog. So hey, anyway, my dog is talented in more ways than one. Oh, why thank you, my why thank you, man. I'm, I'm here all week. Uh, no, but I what I what what Chuck is right though, is that it is an upstairs problem. It is Palenka. It is Genie Bus. It is the Ramby because for the third straight year, and I mentioned this last week, and I've been saying this all along. You're asking your head coach to build from the ground up. What made those Laker teams so special in the three peat years and even in the Kobe and Powell years? They had continuity. Yeah, they made some changes here and there, but it was never like 10 new guys every year. You know, hell, even a guy, adding a guy like Ron Artest was a major adjustment. That was one guy. So there's something to be said about continuity. Look at Golden State. Look at Phoenix. Look at Philly. Look at uh, uh, Golden State and, and even now Brooklyn the last few years. There is a sense of continuity. We have a culture. We have a system in place. We have a chemistry. And that is, is the most important thing. Whereas the Lakers, it's like we're trying to learn everything on the fly. We have a defensive-minded coach, but not a defensive-minded team. We have four or five guys past their prime. And we're asking LeBron James at 37 years old to do the same heavy lifting like he's been doing his entire career. Sorry, Chris. Are we the Memphis Grizzlies? Are the Lakers the Memphis Grizzlies? Or the San Antonio Spurs? Or the Portland Trailblazers? But there no, is something is the Lakers. It's still something bro. to be said about continuity. So here's the thing. No, no, here's no, no, no. The thing. no you're not going to throw that at me. This, this nope. is a, I heard you. Listen to me. So what I'm saying is this is the Lakers. We both bleed purple and gold, right? I so we you. both know for the past 30 years that anybody could either be brought in or shipped out at any given time. It even happened before me and you were even both born, right? How Pat Riley was able to get the job before, God, I forgot the guy's name. It's been that old, but, but the guy broke his, fell off a horse, hit his head, couldn't coach for the rest of the season. That's why Riles was brought in. Either way, what I'm saying is, for those of you that don't know, Google it. Uh, Van Dyke, Van Cook. I forget what, what the guy's name is. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, no, because I, I, th I thought Riles so took over years, for Paul Westhead. Over 40 years ago, right? Yeah, I got but you. What I'm okay. saying is, at the end of the day, the Lakers will drop people off or bring people on whenever it is they feel like it. If they think it's the right move, not only for – see, it's not just the court, right? It's also everything that comes with it. So that's why a big name like Russell Westbrook is going to ring more bells than Buddy Heald or Jeremy Grant or – Miles DeMar DeRozan, Turner, yeah. Or DeMar DeRozan, exactly. Yeah. Like, those are guys you. that would be very good for the team, but there's something about bringing Russell Westbrook home, 
right? There's something about filling the seats, right? It's something about being blockbuster and having stars. So you just have to be able to notice that the Lakers are going to bring in different stars and different people at different times. So I got to push back on that just a little. I, I hear you. I, I hear you. It's a very good point. And more on this discussion on the other side of the break, we will also have our very special guest from HB Media, also known as Hoops and Brews, coming up on the Outlet Form podcast. Stay tuned, everybody. You know what? Here's to going for it and being terrible. Here's to giving it a shot, even though your shot is uh, garbage. To being the queen of the court. Oh, maybe not this court. To feeling the burn, even if there shouldn't be a burn to feel. To trying your best, even though your swing is the worst. Here's to going down way harder than you get back up. To giving it your all. Even though you kind of suck. But you know what doesn't suck? <laughs> Trying to do something you've never done before. That doesn't suck at all. Not even a little. Welcome back to the Outlet Forum podcast. In case you haven't already done so, be sure to follow us on all streaming platforms. We're on Spotify. We are on Google Play. We are on iHeartRadio. And of course, we are on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star rating. And we have, for the first time ever, our very first guest on the Outlet Forum podcast, breaking it up. I have known this gentleman for uh, quite a few years. We've been covering the Clippers together. We've been covering the LA Sparks together. Uh, him and his partner have really done a fantastic job uh, as co-hosts of the Hoops and Brews podcast. They also have their own company, h &B Media. It is great to have the great TPJ on with thank us. You. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored. Genuinely. Thank That's you. Good, that was, my guy. That good. Very, very kind words. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been about four years now going into our fifth year. So it's been nice to know you. Definitely appreciate it. You've always, uh, you know, been very gracious, shown a lot of the love. Also, shout out to Nick Hamilton, um, you know, as well, who I know you work with, who you guys work with on this podcast. Absolutely. Very excited to be here. Talk some Lakers. I know a lot of people think that I'm a Laker hater, but I'm not a Laker hater. I'm just a Laker realist. Uh, and it is what it is. So I'm excited. And thank you. And it's nice to meet you as well. Uh, Chaz. Yeah, absolutely. Chaz, Chaz, TPJ, TPJ, Chaz. By the way, I, I wasn't sure whether or not you want to be called Thomas or not. So that's why I said, I know it's TPJ. No, you can call TPJ. Yeah. I'm, I'm to, I, in the business world, they call me Thomas. When we're doing the when we're doing all of this, you can just say TPJ. I'm sure they'll, they'll actually know who I am if you say TPJ. No when, I'm, no. when I'm in a, when I'm in the boardrooms, they call me Thomas. Oh, there, there you go. That's that, that's a boss right there. That is that is a boss right there. Yeah. So I've I have known TPJ. We're still awaiting his partner Pavi, who's also fantastic. I, yeah, I, I think just, he's I, like a couple minutes behind, but apologies on that. It's all right. So we, we, we got that. We got one half uh, so far, but uh, we are definitely excited to have you guys on here. And uh, so Chaz and I, before we went on break, we're talking about the Lakers situation, sub 500 team uh, right now. So um, Chaz, why don't you break it down for him, man? All right, TPJ. So we were, we were just talking about, obviously, I love the fact that you came on here and said that 
you are not a Laker hater. You are a Laker realist. And that's what I am as well. Right. I'm, you know. I'm a huge fan. Um, I bleed purple and gold. I see everything through purple and gold goggles, as they say. But at the end of the day, I am a realist about this team. So I have to ask you, um, is Vogel, is Frank Vogel, has he lost the locker room, in your opinion? And if he has or hasn't, is there anything that he can do himself to not only retain his job and make it through the rest of the season, but turn this narrative around on himself that he's not that guy for L.A. long term? Now I'm going to ask you guys an honest question. Which, which TPJ do you want me to be? Do you want me to be the calm, reserved quiet non you know know, very methodical tpj or do you want me to be like the real loud tpj that if you ever watch me on hoops and brews you see me be i need that i need that real all right okay let's 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 just be let's just be very very clear i have said this there's literally a, a i have a gif somewhere in my computer um that i've been tweeting for years and it says and then literally i said on the show lebron don't make nobody better the only person he's ever made better is daniel booby gibson and when you look at this Lakers team, why is it that the coach is being blamed for a bad roster construction? Why is it that the coach is being blamed for Russell Westbrook's subpar play? Why is it that the coach is being blamed for Anthony Davis being hurt and injured and to the point where people, I used to call him brittle, and then I kind of stopped being a little bit as disrespectful once we actually got in the locker rooms. But let's be honest, the man is brittle. He's always hurt, he's always injured, and we always have to worry about if something catastrophic is going to happen with Anthony Davis. Every time he falls, I gasp for, yeah, he, <laughs> and I'm serious. And he's from Chicago. So I always root for him. But right. every time he falls on the ground, I live like, I hope, and literally in our group chat, anytime AD takes a tumble, we all are texting AD fail. Hopefully he's going to be all right this time. So it's for people to blame it on the coach when COVID has been going on, when, when LeBron actually has not made anyone on this team better at all this year, he's just accumulated statistics because he's on a, He's on a race for stats to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on like some Cal Ripken stuff where he's trying to see if he can play the most games. Remember when Cal Ripken was trying to see yeah, if he could just, be Iron Man? And the, play the, the Iron that's Man what LeBron is. That's, what, yeah. that's exactly what LeBron is on. He's trying to be Iron Man, trying to pass Kareem, and he's not making anybody better. I saw a video the other day where, where like people were mad at the dude who was a Lakers fan. They're like, he sounds like he's crying because LeBron got the ball at the end of the game and took it and dribbled and scored. When y'all were down, when the Lakers were down by like nine points, and that got him thirty and he just points. By to, the and, way. That just, and, and that just got him thirty points. <laughs> that got him thirty points. Which like it's like oh, <laughs> so it's so it's like we have to be realistic about like who LeBron is and what comes with LeBron. What comes with LeBron is everybody else get blamed, but LeBron. I haven't heard anybody mention trade LeBron. I haven't heard anybody say well, should we trade LeBron. And honestly, let's be real about this. I said two years ago, you were going to get the best season of LeBron you were ever going to get. And personally, I think you did. And that was the bubble season before the bubble season. You're never going to get any more value out of LeBron. Instead of talking about trading every anybody else, instead of talking about firing the coach, talk about trading LeBron. Maybe you can get some assets back for LeBron and maybe you can turn this around because you still have Anthony Davis. And as my partner um, that you see right now on the screen, Pavi has said, Welcome, the Lakers Pavi. are screwed after 2027 contractually and with their books so So, i'm done i digress no 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 you're good i just wanted to i just wanted to give your your co-host and 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 your partner uh, a proper introduction the second half of the hoops and brews podcast the great pavi i just uh finished uh, covering the la spark season with him so welcome it's 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 good to have you on man good to be on man thank you for having me on 
Absolutely. So um, go ahead, Chaz. You, you want to ask him the, the similar yeah, question? I mean, <laughs> or do you want to weigh in on what TPJ said? TPJ, man? bro, like what you mean? <laughs> what you mean he, you're not going to get another productive season? Do you realize what LeBron James is doing? Is in he his ever going to be better than he was this year after this year? After this, after, okay, you're asking me. No, you said that the best season that you were going to get out of LeBron was the 1920 season was the season prior to the bubble. After no, that, the bubble season. The bubble season. The bubble season. That was the 1920 season. That yes. Was, that, yeah. that the, season. The, the year in which the Mickey Mouse ring was won. That was the year oh, that was boy. the best that you will have ever seen of LeBron oh, in a Lakers boy. Yeah, but, yeah, but, it's yeah. It's all downheal from here. Yeah, but, Pavy, turn your mic down a little bit. Yeah, just, yes, a little just, bit. Just, just, just a little bit, Pat. Wait, so, yeah. wait, so you're, telling, you're telling me that LeBron James right now isn't better than what he was in 19 or 20? No, 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 he's not. He doesn't, he doesn't even affect winning. Doesn't he have the worst plus minus on the whole team? When has LeBron ever been the worst in terms of point differential on his own team? That's like almost unheard of. We got to get somebody to look that up. That's got to be false. But especially when you got Russell Westbrook on the team, turning the ball over an average of five times a game. Pavy, get your bar, get your man, dog. Like, <laughs> let's see, let's see. I mean, for one, that can be explained by the fact that he plays the most minutes. I'm sure. So if you're playing 36 minutes and you're getting cooked the whole time, LeBron is a minus 15 for the season. Yeah, but Russell Westbrook this season is a minus 70, but LeBron is a minus 15 for the season. <laughs> when the is LeBron? Minutes? Who's playing? The I, don't, most I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, hold on. How, how many minutes? How many minutes is, is he? Is he? Is he playing per, per, per night? He's playing 35 a night. Technically, Malik Monk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, minutes no per way. game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Minutes per game. LeBron is first in minutes. Actually, exactly. Russ is first in minutes on the team. And that's why Russ is the minus 70. And that's why LeBron Russ is, is first in minutes. Then LeBron is second with Whoa. 1,285. Then third is Carmelo Anthony with 1,180. And what fourth, Mello's Malik playing? Monk. And Melo's Melo is plus 33. So you telling me Carmelo Anthony? The guy who everybody tried to oust and said he was for washed season, three was years ago for the season. Melo is a he plus wasn't washed. He was and LeBron is a minus fifteen. How does that make sense? Why is why is the coach the problem? Because he well, okay. So he so let me ask let me ask Pavi the question. Pavi, you you can go ahead and answer. And you can go ahead and have the floor. I was asking TPJ if Frank Vogel is going to lose his job or is there anything that he can do to turn around this team based on just what he can affect. I mean, I've tweeted this earlier. I think the main issue with the Lakers this season is they have no identity. Like, what do the Lakers, like, when the when the Lakers go to the game, what do they hang their hat on every day? Is it defense? Is it offense? Right. I don't think they know, and the lineup show that they don't know. Like, I was thinking about this today, right? All right, Vogel seems to be a defensive coach. It's fair. It's cool. But if you're a defensive coach, why is Melo playing the five? Like why? Like why? You like you have to, or if you want to be a, if if you know you, I right, so so you have Bron, you have Russ, two great offensive players, right? Okay, cool. So you want to be offensive team, but then why is Russ starting with Avery Bradley in the backcourt? Put Malik Monk and everybody you can who can go get buckets and get their own buckets out there. I think the like I said, I think the main issue with the Lakers is that they don't have their own identity. Number one, and then when you look at the offense, even when they won in what two years ago, the offense wasn't that crazy. Like they were a really, really good defensive team. Right. They did, and they lost most of those defensive pieces. Exactly. And what you see now is like they don't play defense that well. And then the offense ain't never been that good anyway. And that's why when they get a 10-point lead, all the other team has to do is just keep playing and they go let them right back in the game because the offense is also funky and stagnant. Um, I do think that, but I think the blame has to be on everybody. Like I don't think I I I think LeBron 
can, if he's playing center, then you have to play center. Sometimes when he goes on the court, he'll play, he'll be positioned at center, but he'll play point guard. But if you play point guard, then what is Russell Westbrook going to do? Right, like if right. Russ is in the corner, what is we, what you even trade for Russell if you're going to put him in the corner? And this was the same problem, if you guys recall, that Houston faced a couple of years ago. So we're hearing yes, all this no. stuff. Yes, yeah, well, yes, no. similar. It, similar. This is the. Can I just say this stat? How about this? LeBron is another stat. TPJ, the, my no, goodness. I'm just looking at it. Seriously. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Out of out of anybody on the Lakers that's played more than 30 games um, this season, LeBron is is the sixth worst on the team in plus minus. You've never heard of that before. Minutes, I he don't. Plays, he does not play season. the most he minutes though. Most no, minutes. I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's having a bad season. I'm saying he's not affecting anymore. He's, no, no, so but he's not affecting have, winning. He's, he's having not a good season winning anymore. So he's never going to be as winning. good as yeah. he was before. Before he affected winning night in, night out. You yeah. could depend on him to will you back to win. He was at least giving you, he was also spreading the ball around, dishing the ball around. Is, now all LeBron does is score, is, ISO, cares? and shoot fadeaways. Who cares? When it's, you brought LeBron to this team, obviously you knew LeBron was 35 years old. You knew, all right, no, number one, you were the Lakers. You went to field the stands up every night. Even right. though the Lakers are 500, the Lakers are a show. I'm right. a person, I've been to five Lakers games. If I tell a woman right now, let's go to a Lakers game, she will jump, run, and get ready to go that, to that Lakers game because the Lakers are a show. At the so, so, yes, at the crypt. So, number one, look, is, look that's like saying if I invite a girl to the Kanye off. concert, it's cool. Stop yeah, off. we but we still know Ye got some issues. <laughs> no, 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 oh, no, 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 but we still know Ye got some issues. Listen, listen, we still listen, know that Ye got some issues. Listen, but listen, we listen. still know Ye got some issues. Okay. He needs some talking oh, to. Okay, okay, but look, listen, that's cool. But at the same thing, Ye is a whole business. So if you want to put it like that, yeah, it's a bit number one, basketball is a business. So you're not going to trade LeBron as foolishness, number one. Number two, you did bring a whole Anthony Davis over here, assuming that when, you know, as LeBron tailed off, AD's prime would be, uh, you know, kind of um, accelerating and that he could take over the reins from LeBron James. Number that one, is Anthony not happening. Has not been there. Also, no. when he's been there, he ain't really been that good. No. To keep I going mean, when going. we're... When, when you're scoring, yeah, Pavi, sorry to interrupt, but I, you're you're right. I mean, especially against other star big men. How many times have we seen him just get get completely? I hate to use this term, bitched by Carl Anthony Towns and Giannis. But Giannis my- drops forty seven on his head. This this dude answers with eighteen. Really, Carl Anthony Towns drops thirty five on him at Staples at the time it was Staples, and this guy is not even responding. So you're right. Even when he's been healthy, I don't care about the 24 and 10. Like TPJ says, sometimes the numbers on a, a, the, the traditional numbers on the surface don't tell the whole story. And that's for him. It actually does. Davis he's a minus 48 for the year. He's a minus 48 for the year. That's worse than LeBron. So it actually okay. kind of does. Okay. And ironically, LeBron has not been the modicum of health this year either. Russell Westbrook has played every game, which is 47 games. LeBron has played 35. He's only played eight more games than Anthony Davis. So we also have to account for the fact that both of these guys have been injured. So the rush to fire the coach is, is obscene to me. It's like, I'm looking that, at 15 other things before I'm okay. trying to fire Frank Vogel. So I just want to, I, to answer your point right there. Pavi, you said something in, my, in your opening answer to my question saying, why is Malik Monk, you know, or why is Russ playing with Avery Bradley? And why is, you know, isn't all of that coaching though? It like is, if you one, say the Lakers don't have an identity, they don't know if they want to be offense or defense. It's like they want to be defense, but they can't. So they got to be offense, but they're not really good at that either. 
isn't that coaching? Is doesn't the coach have to figure it that is, out? It is, it is. But the one thing I will say, just to go to TBJ's point as well, is that they haven't actually played that many games together. Like, how many games have LeBron? First of all, Kendrick Nunn got signed. He ain't played the whole season. I, yeah. I didn't even know a bone bruise could have you out for that long. I'm sure that they thought Kendrick Nunn would be in their plans for this season. THT been in and out. Trevor was out to like December. Yeah. Um, uh, Melo's just missed three games. Uh, Russ has been there every night. But like Bron had the ab injury. Then Bron gets. Yeah. Then Bron gets suspended. Then AD goes down. Then so it's like I will say that they yeah. haven't had their whole team. Like then COVID happened. Malou COVID, Bronx yeah. COVID. Mm-hmm. Then Dwight Howard got COVID. Then we thought LeBron had COVID. Then we thought Russ had COVID. Mm-hmm. So like yes, it is. I think the fact that they haven't picked identity is more so on them than lineups because. They just haven't like, – how, like, how many full practices do you think that they've had? Seriously. Less than five. Less than five. It, I, thought th- I thought that was one aspect that was going to help them this year because last year I can understand. Condensed season, no fans, all these strict COVID protocols. Okay, we can't practice because, I mean, we can barely work out. I mean, so everything is through Zoom. This year I thought it was going to get better because you still have the days off. You're basically back to a normal-type season, and it hasn't been that way. But the Russ effect – has caused them to overcompensate for, for shooting. So what does that mean? It means you now have to go to a smaller lineup. D'Antoni recognized that two years ago when he was like, I can't have Clint Capella with Russ, with Harden and everything. There's not enough spacing. So we have to trade Capella, put Russ basically at the five, so we have enough floor spacing so Harden and Russ could do their thing. And I think Frank Vogel has pulled a page out of that book. And unfortunately, while no, no, it may... PJ Tucker, man. <laughs> no, but you understand what I'm saying. A yeah, similar, yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. it's a similar. Type yeah, but strategy. you gotta bite your tongue because Melo is Melo and Austin Reeves have the two are like are two have, have like actually when they're in the game actually add to the game the most out of anybody on the team. And I would so say like, it's unfortunate he's not PJ Tucker. Yeah, but they put him. But also, this is why I'm not blaming Frank Vogel. You have to blame Rob Palenka. You have to blame the front office and the people that actually constructed the roster. And if you look at the roster. I said it before the season. They are old. They are going to be hurt, and they don't have any shooting. And they are old. They've been hurt, and they don't have any shooting. <laughs> I have no idea why on God's green earth you trade Kyle Kuzma and Kentavious Caldwell-Pope for Russell Westbrook. Not Montrez, Montrez Harrell aside. I, I understand. I, no, no, I don't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. No, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because why. you also give up your second or third best defender on your team, and then you give up a guy that on any given night can actually give you twenty. Like he might not give you twenty because LeBron and Anthony Davis are taking all the shots, but he still can give you sixteen on, a night. He still can give you sixteen a night. Who's giving him sixteen a night that's theory, actually been consistent? Somebody theory, that they can depend on. Nobody. Theory, Malik Monk. In theory, you want Russell Westbrook to take possession away from LeBron James because he's 37 years old. You don't, right. in theory, you don't want Bron having to initiate all his offense 27 feet away from the rim playing point guard. You want Russ to be able to absorb some some of those blows. Now, what you can say is LeBron's been dominating the ball. Maybe Russ is in the right positions. And again, I'm not somebody who thinks the roster is bad. I think the roster is cool. Is it a championship roster? Probably not. I think they're behind the Warriors and the Suns and maybe some of the other elite teams in the um in the uh, league. But I don't think the roster is as bad as their record. I think, one, they haven't been healthy. They haven't been out there. Um, will they ever figure it out and get healthy? I don't know. I mean, at this point, we're already over the halfway mark of the uh, – I know people look at all-star pick as a halfway point, but now we're over the ha- – technically over the halfway yeah. point. You're running out of time. Can can, yeah. can, a, can AD clean, help clean this up or no? Or, or is it just a lost cause? If he comes back playing the same cause? defense that he was playing in 2020, 
he damn sure can. Mm-hmm. If he gonna come back playing defense, he was playing when he was out there. No, he won't. And look, yeah. I know that it, that, that, that is a lot to ask out of Andy Davis to basically, I'm basically asking Andy Davis to go out there and be the defense player of the year. That's a lot to ask, but hey, he can do no, it. No, it's not. No, no, no he, it's he not. Given, given, his, given his talent level, given what he's shown us, given the fact that he's had all this time off and he right. should be 100%, given the fact that there are reports that he's been working on his shot, I think AD could literally be the savior for this Laker team. And if Kendrick Nunn can, can come back and get healthy and, and actually be some kind of productive, I think the Lakers actually have a chance. I don't think Frank Vogel should get fired. Yeah, don't agree. get me wrong, guys. I'm just predicting that if we gonna stay around 500, he will get fired because I've seen too many people get fired in a Laker on the Lakers bench that were just mediocre and or less. So that's it. And also too, it's easier to fire a guy making six million a year than 15 players making north of 200 million combined. So there's just it's the economics of it too. We got to make a change. We got to make it look like we're trying to make a change. So naturally, the coach is the easiest fall guy. Guys, really appreciate the time. We got, I got. I do have another question though, because you guys are NBA. You guys cover all of NBA, not just Lakers or Clippers or whatnot. Which team could make a run that nobody is talking about that could challenge for the top spot in the East as well as the West moving forward? Who wants to go first? TPJ, why don't you why don't you lead lead this one off? Um. I'm going to say this, but people are going to think that I've been saying this because I said that he was going to be better than LeBron. And so far at this point in time in his career, he has been better than LeBron, a young LeBron. I don't care what anyone says. Go do your Googles, look up the numbers. But I think that um, the way that Christos Porzingis has been playing in the past five weeks is something to really look forward to if you're the Dallas Mavericks. I think earlier on in the season, the fans were very impatient with Jason Kidd and they were saying he's a terrible coach and all this. And I think the brilliance and the beauty of Jason Kidd is that he kind of he sits back and he's not so much of an orchestrator. And I think the fault of Rick Carlisle was that he had to micromanage every single situation to the point where it alienated the young guys on their roster because they're focused on team building and camaraderie. And you're focused on analytics and lineups. And even if you think about, well, I don't know if you guys heard about the story, but basically, um, you know, the story came out that Rick Carlisle, you know, essentially wanted to get, um, what's his name? Dennis Smith Jr. Kind of basically him and Luca had a solid relationship, um, you know, as well as Dorian Finney Smith. And basically Rick Carlisle didn't like Dennis Smith Jr. Didn't think he fit with the lineup. And even though Luca wanted him to be his backcourt mate, Rick Carlisle made it his point to get him out of town and eventually he was gone. I think Jason Kidd is the opposite. Uh, when you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, although Jason Kidd was fired and I do believe that he wasn't, um, you know, a championship caliber coach when he was coaching the Milwaukee Bucks, he was a Mark Jackson level kind of coach where he looked, where he was a starter coach. And even when you look at when Jason Kidd was fired, Giannis Antetokounmpo cried. He literally cried in his press conference when Jason Kidd was fired. Uh, so, and that guy, you know, so we see that his guys will go to war for him. And I think coming off of the scandal, especially with the front office scandal that was going on in Dallas, they reshaped the entire front office, the entire coaching staff. You just had to give it some time to work. And I think a lot of the times Pavy's biggest problem with the Mavericks has been that they don't give Christoph Porzingis the ball. And I think what they've done by shifting Tim Hardaway Jr. to the bench and bringing Jalen Brunson into the starting lineup is, it's another ball handler out there on the floor. With Luca, I always liked Jalen Brunson, but I didn't think he would be a starter level player. 
But if he can stay out on the floor and really kind of act more like that, uh, kind of like um, Eric Snow kind of role to Allen Iverson, mm. but he's a lot better than Eric Snow, it'll create opportunities for Kristaps Porzingis to get the ball and you can run more sets where Luka just doesn't have to hold the ball. Like, I think Luka Doncic is the most deadly weapon in the NBA because he does what Harden can do. But if you see him in person, he's physically much larger than James Harden. So it's really hard to stop him. And then he just walks up the court, picks a guy he wants to go one-on-one with, and then he does that all game long. But the problem was last year didn't really work that well. So they're my sneaky contender in the West because I think they can mess around and play the Suns in the first round and beat the Suns. And then from there, if you look at the pathway, it's kind of easy. So, yeah. Pavi, your thoughts. Um, Can I give you two teams? Go ahead. Uh, one thing Absolutely. I'm going to say is the Cavs. Now, I don't think – now, I've been watching Cavs games. I've literally watched every single Cavs game. Like, for years, I've been watching every single Cavs game. The Cavs are doing right now what I thought they would do with Kevin Love and Andre Drummond. Situation just didn't work out. But they're really big. Like, they have three seven-footers. I mean, were you there when they played the Clippers? Did you go to that game? Did you watch <laughs> that game? And I, I watched the game, but I didn't – I wasn't there covering it, no. Like, you – you you can beat any one of them, and then you mm-hmm. have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley at the rim. And even though Larry <laughs> Morgan isn't a rim protector, he's still seven feet. And then even yeah. if one of them gets hurt, you have Ed Davis, and you have uh, Dean Wade. You also have Kevin Love. Right. Like, they have a very big team, and I think that'll throw a lot of teams off just because of how big they are. I don't think that they'll make a finals run or something like that. But when I look at them, they're a team that I think gets to, like, the second round, or it's like they will be matched up with the Nets today. I think they get a Nets a serious scare. I yeah. think it, and that's a serious, literally a serious, serious, serious scare. They should dominate the boards in pretty much any series they play in. Darius Garland is one of the best young point guards um, in this league. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he's come along this season has been incredible. I think the most thing, the thing he needs to do most is take care of the ball a little bit better. But I don't have too much issue with some of his turnovers because he's just trying to make a play happen. Sure. And 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 it's not like he's just sitting back playing safe. You know, and just passing the ball, moving out of the way. He's trying to force and make plays happen. Isaac Okoro, I like. They have a really, really good foundation. I think Ricky Rubio being hurt sucks yeah. a lot for them, a whole lot, because I just like him more than Rondo. I just, I just like him. I just say his career just more than Rondo on both sides of the ball, actually. I just say his career more than Rondo. So the Cavs are one team I'll give you like this. I don't think they'll make a finals run, but I do think they could be a second-round team and give literally any team, I'm talking about any team, a scare. And my next team is Philly. Mm. I mean, I know that, you know, people are like, oh, you're going to waste this season from, from uh, Embiid if you don't trade Ben Simmons. Not really. Like with the way that Embiid, if, if Embiid is going to play like this, mm-hmm. who's supposed to stop him in the Eastern Conference? Outside of like the Bucks, who's supposed to stop him in, in the um East? Yeah. And then when you look at the rest of the team, like the Heat is fair, but the Heat, they have health issues as well. Like the Heat is a team right. where like, yeah, if they get healthy, that would actually, I, they one of my top two teams in the East, but they just have health issues. And I don't know if they'll ever fully completely get healthy. Like they ha- they're missing, I think, all three of their starting guards right now. Only yeah. people ain't played all season. Bam just got back. They have guys in and out consistently. Jimmy Butler is actually another guy who was consistently in and out the line that people seem yeah. to not realize the fact that he don't really be playing that many games. But Jimmy Street Clothes. That's a good nickname. <laughs> he actually don't really be playing that many games. But no, when I look at the Sixers, like um, I can see that they have a really good team, a good foundation. I think they play defense really well. Ty was one of the better perimeter defenders in the um, league. Tyrese Maxey is coming along every single game. I mean, I love Doc, but I think that's probably the one thing when you look at Doc and his adjustments that sometimes it doesn't always doesn't always go right on the um, floor. We, we know that all too well, Pavi. We know that all that too well. We've we've seen him lose series that he should probably win 
And some of it can be points straight back to coaching decisions that he's made. But those two are, are like are like two of my teams. I don't think either of those teams will make the finals, but I do think both of those teams. I think Philly can probably make the Eastern Conference Finals, depending on where they get slotted in the um, bracket. And I think Cleveland could at least make the second round and give anybody a scare um, in the first or um, or um, second round. So those are my two teams that I would pick. So it's most definitely. I think you hit the team. You took one of my teams was the Cavs. Um, most definitely. I think the Cavs could not only avoid the play-in, but win a first-round series, especially if it's against a team that starts to reel, like the Chicago Bulls towards the end of the season, if they fall down to the four seed, or even if Cleveland gets the uh, home court advantage. But I just got one team, and it's really a team that nobody's really thinking about, and it's the L.A. Clippers. Um, I think that with Paul George getting healthy and taking and taking his time with this elbow injury and having the torn ligaments that he has in his elbow and Kawhi quietly making his return back from what from reports and, and him gaining progress a lot faster than what he was before. I think the LA Clippers could not only be a team that you know gets into the play-in, but could very well shot a number one seed or a number two seed if Kawhi and PG and the rest of the Clippers are healthy. Um, I just think that for them to play. 23 and 25 ball through the first 48 games of the season without having Kawhi for any of them and being out Paul George for as much as they have. Um, they actually play very well together. So I would say the Clippers, and I'm not going to take yours, Chris, because I already know who you're going to say, but I really think that the, it's either going to be the Clippers or Cavs. Yeah, I, I think you guys, uh, I think you guys brought up a lot of good teams. Uh, I, I would say don't sleep on the Denver Nuggets just because of how great Joker has been. But there's still a lot of inconsistencies with that team. And I still think if they don't get Jamal Murray back in time where he is able to hit the ground running, then I still, unfortunately, there's still going to be a ceiling with how far that they can go. But uh, guys, we really appreciate you coming on and doing this. We know you guys are, are busy. I, I've been following your stuff for a long time. You guys always keep it real. You're fun to, you're fun to listen to a ton of knowledge. I mean, the plus minus numbers. I mean, it's just. It, it, there's a lot there, but, but, but you guys, but you guys are accurate. You guys are spot on with everything and uh, keep doing what, what you're doing. Anything you guys want to plug before we uh, take you guys out? I just want to say, I'm not saying trade LeBron. I'm just saying there are a myriad of other things that you can look at with this Lakers roster and team that's wrong before the coach, including LeBron, who a lot of people absolve of blame. So I just want to make sure that that's clear. Like, it of is. course you're not trading LeBron. He's a, he's worth too much money. So, um, but as far as things to plug, I got a new podcast with the WNBA player Lexi Brown and my homie Jay Black. It's called Spilt Milk. Uh, we do it whenever we feel like doing it, but we've been doing it pretty much for the past like couple of weeks. Um, so hour-long podcast. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. The last two episodes will always be up. You can catch the full episodes on patreon.com slash spilt milk. And as always, check us out on hmbmedia.com. Nice. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I don't know if everybody knows, but I also make music. So go check out my music. You can follow me everywhere at Pavvy. That's P A V Y Word. All one word. You can find it all on Spotify. Just type in Pavvy, and I'm sure I'll come up. So yeah. Appreciate you guys. Uh, great knowledge. Great conversation to have, and uh, hopefully we can have you guys on again sometime. Appreciate anytime, it. Anytime, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, anytime. Just hit me up. I'm always down to come and and, and talk about LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it, guys. All yeah. right, man. Thanks again. Have a good, have a good one. And we'll be talking to you soon. Best of luck to you. Oh, well. Another yes. great interview. That, that was, that was fun.
That was fun. Love those guys. Uh, I, it was fun to go back and forth about LeBron. I can't believe he said that LeBron was not going to have a better season than what he did in 19 and 20 with LeBron putting up the 30-point games that he is right now. I'm seeing LeBron doing – he's had a reverse – let's just say he's had a reverse alley-oop dunk in the last three games consecutively at any year 19. I mean, my as, God. As much as I love both of those guys and what they're doing and, and all the strides that they've made, partner – Sometimes there's a little bit too much. This guy is better because of the numbers. Not enough eye tests sometimes with TPJ. And had we had a little bit more time, I would have tried to call him out on that. But, you know, I'm also, they're also our guests. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to stick it it's, to anybody. So it's all, it's all good. But I, I, I really want to get to my favorite part of the show, Chris. I mean, not to say that they weren't and not to say that you weren't my favorite part of the show. Hit me. The social it. media posts of the week. I got. I want to go first here because it's near and dear to my heart, especially right now coming off of a huge win with the L.A. Rams and Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. Um, what a game it was on Sunday. Uh, the Rams did everything they could to lose that game, especially Cam Akers. Got to take care of the ball, man. And the NFC Championship, 49ers are going to be coming for that ball. You, you better have a great game. But I got to go to – Josiah Johnson, obviously the king of Twitter as far as NBA Twitter and, and all the funny stuff that he posts. I could go on for – I could probably pick five different posts that were <laughs> funny as hell this weekend because of all the great games that we got. But the one that's near and dear to my heart is Josiah Johnson at King Josiah 54 when Stafford see Cooper Cup wide open. And it's a gif of Conor McGregor at his – press conference or the weigh-in I believe it was or press conference where he got into a fight with I believe it was Nate Diaz or I think it was Nate Diaz or no 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 it was uh the guy that always beats him all the time I forget but anyways uh <laughs> the one that retired forgot the one that choked him out uh but yeah. this is a gif of Conor McGregor throwing water bottles at him when they were on when he was on his way out hilarious give i just i just thought that was hilarious what was your favorite social media post? actually i went to the ig and i went to lake show cp and they had a quote from pat riley on lebron james he is michael magic kobe jerry west bill russell put them in a blender man mix them up lebron's got something for uh from all of them in him Uh, oh an amazing quote from Pat Riley, who we never understood the dynamic between the two of them, especially the way LeBron left uh, Miami. You never really heard a lot of positive, positive messages. It, it didn't seem like they were ever really, really close, but that is a hell of a compliment. And uh, the picture uh, of the post is LeBron standing behind the kitchen and you see the heads of all of those guys, Russell, Wes, Kobe, uh, Jordan, and uh, Magic all in the blender. So I thought that was pretty good. It's like, it's wait, wait, wait. Kind of a horror movie. <laughs> That's hilarious. I got one more. I, I got to throw this one in. This is at Drew McGarry, who tweeted on Saturday night, Aaron Rodgers is going to wait for all the research to come in before he declares this final score. And it got like 30,000 likes, a bunch of retweets. And this speaks to Aaron Rodgers and how he bloviated the season about him being immunized and pretty much being above above the law or above rules. I mean, no offense, but reeked of white privilege in my opinion. And I, it just, it couldn't have been any better for to see him lose the way that he did. So I got to shout out Drew McGarry 
and his hilarious tweet about Aaron Rodgers waiting for research to come in because, you know, don't believe in the vaccine or know any, any kind of things like that. So uh, with that being said, we're going to close it out this week. Thank you for hanging out with us on the Outlet Forum podcast. Uh, make sure to follow us on all social media. Follow me personally as well on Instagram, at Chaz P, on Twitter, at Chaz Pearson. Chris, where can they follow you? You can always follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Camelo. I'm also on Instagram, CCamelo1, Facebook, Camelo's Corner by Chris Camelo. Be sure to download and subscribe to all of our podcasts on all major streaming platforms, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, as well as Apple Podcasts. And you could also get the show on the website, www.nightcastmedia, N-I-T-E-C-A-S-T media.com. Go to the shows tab and we are on there. Check it out, the outlet form. Partner, another great week, man. Another great week. Hopefully the next time we talk, the Rams will be in the Super Bowl. And the Lakers will actually put together a winning streak bigger than one. Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) Don't hold your breath. Appreciate you guys. Listen up for next week. Have a great time this weekend. Go Rams. Peace. And, And go Lakers.